WATD presents Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi. If it's Monday night, it's got to be Monday Night Talk with Kevin Tachi. So thanks for having me on. Kevin, good for you to hold back and let him tell his story. Putting the South Shore spin on politics, current events, and pop culture. You guys are the center of the universe today. At least the political universe. I believe both of you are, are from the area. Marshfield guys, yes, no? Correct, yeah. That's right. There's only one person not from Marshfield in this room right now. That's you. It's me. <laughs> I'm the outcast. Well, you've always been generous with the time. I appreciate it very much. Well, I'm honored to be on your show tonight, Kevin, with that impressive lineup you have. I believe our guest that we've been waiting for, Congressman Stephen Lynch. Kevin, good to join you. The governor of the Commonwealth, very Charlie good. Baker. You ready? i got to tell you that uh, it was really nice to hear Aerosmith on the intro there. You're going to be the rock and roll governor? I don't know about that. But. We have Mayor Joe Sullivan joining us, sir. How are you? Well, Kevin, very good to be with you again. Dr. Drew Pinsky. Dr. Drew, are you there? I'm here. Thanks for having me. Mr. Ming Tsai, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thanks, Kevin. Massachusetts State Auditor Suzanne Bump. Hello, Auditor. How are you? I am fine, and I'm delighted to be with you this evening. And now, your host, Kevin Tachi. Welcome and good evening. You are tuned into Monday Night Talk. Here on 95.9 WATD, originating from Broadcast House, 130 Enterprise Drive in Marshfield. My name is Kevin Tachi, and I will serve as your host for the next, oh, 45-plus minutes. Now, as we traditionally do prior to a primary or a general election, the radio station uses a part of the time on this radio program to do political forums. This evening is no different as the candidates that will be part of the debate or the forum will be running for Plymouth County Commissioner. So we have the challenger, Alex Bizanson, and the incumbent, Sandra Wright, who will be taking part in the political forum starting at 7 o'clock. Christine James is your moderator. Charles Matheson and Donna Rodriguez from PAC TV will be asking questions of the candidates. So that's coming up in just a few moments. And just, just so you can make a, a quick note, we do after tonight's forum. There are two more forums left here on Monday nights, uh, the 24th and the 31st. Uh, hopefully you will set your, uh, your radio dial to those. We will, of course, always make sure that we have conversation that'll take place prior to leading up to the political forum tonight is no different we actually will kick off our talk block right after traffic talking with anthony amore you remember that name don't you well he actually is a candidate for state auditor anthony previously running for uh, secretary of state in 2018 was not successful has now decided to run for this office and is getting some significant support uh, and endorsements from individuals. It's going to be inter- an interesting race. It'll be interesting to see what the results are as uh, it's Anthony Amori and uh, State Senator Diana DeZaglio who are uh, the candidates for state auditor. But we'll get an idea uh, as to how things are going out on the campaign trail with Anthony. Following Anthony's conversation, we'll speak with State Senator Susan Moran. We'll do a State House report, give her an opportunity to talk about things that might be happening up at the State House in the district, and also kind of get an idea as to how things are happening 
uh, out and about on the campaign trail for the senator. It's an interesting race as uh, she has an opponent, uh, Carrie McRae. If you remember last week, we actually did a political forum uh, last week and uh, the candidates squared off and talked about a variety of, of issues. So again, Susan Moran will be joining us in just uh, a few moments, actually a little bit more than a few moments, probably about 20 minutes. So stay tuned for, for that conversation. I love this time of year. Rustling leaves, a crisp wind blowing, apple picking for homemade apple pie, a sunny day in a corn maze, a bonfire on a cool night. <sighs> Cigars and a half gallon of hot apple cider. Apple pie. We made it ourselves. This has nothing to do with Brennan's Smoke Shop, but everything to do with life. It's short, yet so sweet. Kind of like pumpkin spice coffee. It comes and goes like autumn wind. Brennan's Smoke Shop, Plymouth, Pembroke, Brockton, Wareham, Raynham, Taunton, Stoughton, New Bedford, Weymouth, Hudson, New Hampshire. Brennan's Smoke Shop, the very best smoke shop in Massachusetts. Customers must have a valid state of federal ID to enter the store. Message me on Facebook. Monday Night Talk continues all week long. Go to 959WATD.com slash Monday Night Talk and keep in touch on Facebook and Twitter. This is Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi. Joining us for today's conversation, uh, he is a gentleman who has <clears throat> previously run for Secretary of State, and he is your Republican candidate for State Auditor. We have Anthony Amore joining us. Uh, and, do you prefer Anthony or Tony? Uh, my dad was Tony, so I've always gone by Anthony. Excellent, excellent. So, right out of the gate, tell us a little bit about yourself and and why have you decided why did you decide to run for this particular seat well thank you for having me and thanks for asking i uh again my name is anthony amari i'm a candidate for state auditor i live in winchester i have uh, two grown daughters both uh currently pursuing their master's degrees um uh, i decided to run for state auditor because i really feel like it's important to be part of uh helping people. I've always been involved in public service. So, um, you know, and I consider my current job, I work at the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum, and I consider that public service. This museum was left to the public for its enjoyment and education forever. And I've looked for uh, paintings, these stolen masterpieces that belong to the public. Um, and before I worked at the Gardner Museum, I worked for the Department of Homeland Security for 15 years. Well, I should say agencies that are now part of Homeland Security. So, I worked for the Immigration Service, then FAA Security, and those were all swallowed up by DHS after the events of 9-11. Um, I've always been service-oriented, and when I saw that um, there was an open seat for auditor this year, um, that the job really is all about transparency, and it allows me to use my investigative skills that I've honed for over three decades, I felt it was a really good fit, and it's an exciting opportunity for me. So I decided to run. You know, it's... Um, you know this from all the people you've interviewed over the years. Uh, running for office is a grind. And I'm uh, Commonwealth Magazine pointed out yesterday, I'm the one person 
this year who has a full-time job while he runs. So it's a lot of work, but I think it's worth it because the opportunity to be a public servant, I view as an honor. So those are my reasons for, for choosing this office. Do, do the, does the general public understand what the job of state auditor does? What, what is all entailed with the position? Such an important question. The answer is no. And I mean, by a wide margin, um, Anytime I go uh, speak to people, whether it's individuals or big groups, and I talk about the office, the first question was, what is the auditor? In fact, I'll do community um, uh, groups, and it'll be titled like Auditor 101, and I have to explain the office, which is a unique thing for a politician. Um, but that's good. It's good for people to, to be interested and want to know. And part of being auditor is educating the public, right? So you go into the job and you root out waste, fraud, and abuse, and you write these reports. Part two is educating the public about what you found. So I explained to people that the state auditor is the chief accountability officer for the state. Um, and that is an important title. And it doesn't mean that state agencies are accountable to the office. They're accountable to the people. So the state auditor is a, auditor is a conduit of information gathered while trying to root out waste, fraud, and abuse and taking this information and informing the public. And the reason that's important is because the best way that the that your audience can be effective members of their community is to pay attention to what the auditor finds and hold their state representatives accountable. You recently received a key endorsement from a gentleman named Andy Card, well known. How important is the recognition of an individual like this, and how long do, uh, how long of a way does it go to voters who recognize who Andy Card is? Well, you know, um, it is it is so important to me personally. The most formative formative part of my life, the pivotal moment was nine eleven for me and for many people of my generation. And um, but be, particularly for me because I worked in aviation security at Logan Airport, and then I was part of the team this three-member team that led the rebuild of security at Logan Airport right after 9-11. And to know uh, that Andy Card, Secretary Card, the chief of staff to George Bush, the man who whispered in his ear and told him about the attack, to know that he knew who I was in the White House is so gratifying. I didn't know this until now, 20 years later. And to know that, you know, we were working these 16 or 18-hour days, seven days a week, that somebody in the highest level of power recognized this, it's gratifying. Um, I've always admired uh, Andrew Card. I've always thought of him as the best example of what government should be, a man of integrity, a man who's focused on public service, and a man who, despite years in politics, has always avoided the acrimony between parties. So his esteem, lending his esteem to my campaign meant the world to me. Why is, why is the state auditor's office important or synonymous with transparency, especially when it comes to certain state and government agencies? Well, the auditor is responsible for auditing all 209 state agencies every three years. And, you know, for the last 80 years, 80, the audit office has been held by a Democrat. And many people don't know what the auditor is because there's not a lot of vested interest in finding problems in telling the public when you're part of a one-party system. I envision the auditor as truly transparent, a person who gathers information, his 
large team of auditors writes exhaustive reports, but it doesn't end there. That's what's happening now. They end there. But the transparency part is the auditor takes these reports and brings them to the public very aggressively. Your audience doesn't know a lot about the auditor because the auditor for decades hasn't done this. I will. That's why I think transparency is so important to the position. My opponent in this race voted against transparency when she was uh, a legislator in 2013, 2015, and 2017. She voted against making state um, state house committee votes public. She keeps them in private, and the public doesn't like that. They want to know where their representatives stand. So I'm really the transparency candidate in this race. I think with certain political races, governor, state rep, state senator, um, there are a litany of, of issues that you can tie to various campaigns. Do you feel that there are, there are some key issues that uh, the voter, before they go and vote on November 8th, needs to know? Sure, yeah, absolutely. You know, the first thing I try to tell people when I speak to them is that our current auditor, who is required to audit 100% of state agencies, only audits about 70%. So voters should know that in our current setup, the auditor is not auditing 30% of your state government. 30% is going without a watchdog monitoring their spending of your tax dollars, any waste, fraud, or abuse that's going on in those offices, any corruption that's going on in those offices. It's not happening. And you should be very alarmed about that. And my opponent has been endorsed by this auditor who's not completing her mandate. Um, I think people should demand that the auditor, the watchdog, audit itself and make sure you're doing your job too. It's really an ugly part of government when there's just this failure at a major level. So the main thing I want people to know, the issue they should know is they have the opportunity with me to elect an auditor who's done this work. I've done it for 30 years and I've led a big organization for many years. My opponent has never done a single audit and has never led anything. And those are important things. And that's a real major issue in this, Kevin, because on day one, you need someone who can do the job. And I'm the only candidate who's done it. I'm the clear choice when it comes to experience. If you're just uh, tuning into uh, our program, uh, we are privileged to be speaking with uh, Anthony Amori. He is a candidate for state auditor. It's just, I can't believe it, it's a few weeks away until the general election on November 8th. Make sure you get out and vote. Uh, if you are elected, are, are there changes that you'd like to make to this particular office or any or restructuring you would like to do? Absolutely. So the first thing we'll do, if I'm elected, before I even take office, during the transition period, I will establish a team that will audit the auditor's office and find out why it's coming short in its mandate. And on day one, we'll get to work fixing that. Now, part of the reason that we know is that the auditor's office is vastly underfunded. But the Democrats that have held the office have never worked to increase its funding. So I'll give you an example. Pennsylvania and Illinois are two states that have the same size state budget as we do. Their auditors are budgeted at $42 million per year in each state. Ours is budgeted at 21, half, because nobody on Beacon Hill wants somebody to look into the books. I will uh, work hard to get that budget increased. My opponent has been in the legislature for 10 years 
She's done nothing to increase the budget. She pointed out to me in a debate recently that she voted once to increase the budget by $500,000, which is a drop in the ocean. Now that she's running for office, she talks about the need to increase the budget. Well, it's too little too late. I'm the person that's pointed this out. She's followed my lead in making this an issue. I will work really hard to make this a robust auditor's office that people will be proud of. And Kevin, I always say, audiences might not know right now what the auditor does, but when my time is over, they certainly will. What would you what would you try to increase the budget to? I mean, what is it right now and what would you what would you look to increase it to? Well, it's at twenty one million now. States that are our size are at forty two million. So I would work really hard to push the legislature to increase the budget to a level that's um, consummate with what other states have. Um, but also we need to get the office in order. I've done this sort of work before. I built the compliance and enforcement program for the Transportation Security Administration of Boston. And my work was so effective in building this that I was sent to Washington to help build it out for the rest of the country. I know how to do this. My opponent does not. And that's an important factor that voters should remember. So I would ask this, we're talking about legislature, let's kind of dovetail our next question into that. Do you believe that the, the state auditor should also be involved in certain pieces of legislation, whether it's authoring it or uh, seeking assistance from legislators to craft certain legislation? I believe that the auditor should have an anti-waste uh, program that I would implement. And that anti-waste program would look at pending legislation and determine what type of impact would have on the state budget and if it will lead to waste, fraud, and abuse. So I think that the auditor's office should play a key role in looking at coming legislation. For example, recently, um, uh, your audience knows that uh, Section 62F kicked in, which means we're going to get a tax rebate. Um, we overpaid by $2.94 billion, and that money needs to go back to taxpayers. It was my campaign that pushed to make this known, that pushed to make the auditor sign off on it early. And we worked with Governor Baker's office to push for rebates, not tax credits. So it's that sort of aggressive communication to the public to hold uh, people's feet to the fire on Beacon Hill that voters can expect from me. So as we get ready to, uh, to close out our conversation, and again, uh, we want to thank you, Anthony, for, for joining us. Is there something... I haven't asked you, but you feel we shouldn't leave our conversation without talking about it. Yes, and thank you for that. You mentioned that I've been endorsed by former White House Chief of Staff Andy Card. In modern history, no one has been a Chief of Staff to the President for a longer time. He's a serious person. But I think people should also know that I'm the only statewide candidate endorsed by Governor Baker, who is the most popular governor in the country for a reason. I'm endorsed by Lieutenant Governor Karen Polito, who is incredibly popular and has traveled to every town and city in the state and knows what the state needs. I'm endorsed by Governor Bill Weld, who people trust for his fiscal management and his prudence. And I'm endorsed by, uh, uh, by uh, former Governor Jane Swift, who knows that I'm the sort of person that will take this independent, objective view on government. I'm endorsed by many other people that your, your audience trusts, like Mayor Shauna O'Connell, um, who knows I can do this work, like Mary Connaughton, an unbelievable candidate for auditor, um, and many other people. And I want people to know they can have confidence in me when they hear the names Baker and Polito and Weld and Swift and Card. 
and know that that's the serious sort of moderate Republican who can bring really effective government to Beacon Hill. Checks and balances are so important, and I'm the guy for them. And if I'm correct, I think that the the governor has not necessarily endorsed many candidates, especially when it comes to constitutional offices, uh, who you know, folks who are running for those uh, offices. How does that feel? Uh, I'm the only one. And it feels like an incredible honor because I admire Governor Baker. I count him as a friend and have for a while. But I know that his stamp of approval on my candidacy means a lot, not just to me personally, but to the voters. They trust Governor Baker. And I ask them to trust him by voting for me uh, come November 8th or now with your early ballots. So I'll throw one last question out at you. Well, it's one of two. And that is, um, if you're elected on November 8th, uh, what would you say early on would be the, your mission statement for your office? My mission statement would be to root out waste, fraud, and abuse, to make government accountable to the people in a truly transparent fashion, and to change the face of the auditor's office to be a true resource for the taxpayers of Massachusetts. Now, folks want to find out more about your campaign. How can they do that? Well, they, they, I welcome them to check me out on any social media platform, but go to my website, and that's an easy way to get to those. It's Amore, A-M-O-R-E, Amore2022.com. I want to thank you for joining us on this conversation. And, and if you are successful, would I would uh, love to have you on on a regular basis as a need, you know, as the need is, is there, especially if you do have a report that's coming out that needs uh, a, a little, uh, especially here on the South Shore, for folks to, to hear about it. I'm so glad you said that because that's an important part of my platform. My goal, if elected, is to communicate to the public exactly through programs like yours by going to local programs, not just throwing press releases at the Boston Globe, but going to community radio, community television, community groups, and speaking directly to the people unfiltered. That is the key to the success of this office. So if I'm elected, you can count on hearing from me very often, as much as you'll have me. He is Anthony Amori, candidate for state auditor. He has been our guest. is Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi on 95.9 WATD. Are you worried about your drinking? Or is someone else worried about your drinking? Alcoholics Anonymous has a solution. There is no shame in living with a disease called alcoholism. Regardless of your age, employment, or any other circumstances in your life, you deserve help from other individuals who understand what you are going through. Alcoholics Anonymous is here for you 24-7 at aa.org. Find online meetings at aaboston.org. McGuigan's Pub is an upscale Irish pub with all the class of a Boston pub. The menu offers favorites like steak tips, fish and chips, meatloaf, as well as burgers, sandwiches, and pizza. The relaxed, comfortable atmosphere at McGuigan's makes it the perfect place to eat, drink, and socialize with family and friends. New hours are Tuesday through Thursday, 4 to close, Friday through Sunday, 11.30 to close. McGuigan's Pub is at 546 Washington Street in Whitman, with the full menu available at mcguiganspub.com. 
Hi, my name is Alex Bizantin, and I'm running for Plymouth County Commissioner. I am the former chairman of the Abington Conservation Commission, former vice chairman of the Plymouth County Advisory Board, former Abington Water Commissioner, and now serving in my second term as Abington Selectman. If you would like to learn more about my candidacy, please visit my website at alexbazanson.org or follow me on Facebook. I am Alex Bazanson for Plymouth County Commissioner, and I approve this message. My name is Rayla Campbell. I'm running for Secretary of State of Massachusetts. You have a clear choice in November. I don't take money from unions or special interests, and I've never had a government job. I will bring transparency, a new face with fresh ideas to the office, as opposed to the person who feels entitled to the job and is out of touch with the everyday American. I'm from here. I love it here. I will work hard for you and protect you as a voter with no apologies. I look forward to your support in November. I'm Rayla Campbell. I'm running for Secretary of State of Massachusetts, and I approve this message. Invest your time in listening to Cape Retirement Radio and learn a smarter approach to investing so you can protect your future. Cape Retirement Radio, featuring Chris Latond, Thursday nights at 6.15 and Sunday mornings at 10 on 95.9 WATD. Be a part of the show. Call and join in on the conversation. 781-837-4900. Now, back to Monday Night Talk. Welcome back for the final segment of Monday Night Talk here on 95.9 WATD. Just a quick reminder, don't forget, a political forum coming up at the top of the hour. The candidates for Plymouth County Commissioner, uh, of course, uh, Alex Mazanson and Sandra Wright are the candidates Christine James is your moderator, but uh, back to what we're discussing. Uh, our guest is State Senator Susan Moran. Senator, how are you? Great, Kevin. Thanks uh, to you and to uh, WATD for doing this. Appreciate it. So, just out of uh, just just one question, I have to ask is: I'm always on social media looking at news feeds. I think we all do that just to see what's going on. That's another element of news. Did you have a chance to stop by a Plymouth Town meeting this weekend? I, I sure did, and it was very interesting. I was speaking with people in the lobby. I saw uh, former Senate President Terry Murray come in, and she um, was uh, just doing a great job advocating for the uh, Spear Center. That's um, one of the things that, that she and many others are, are focused on advocating for. And, it, you know, the mood was really upbeat, I thought, and in a sort of civic-minded kind of serious way. There's some serious business that was discussed, um, financial and, and otherwise. Um, I got to give um, PAC TV credit for the logistics. And, of course, Steve Trifoletti, the town uh, moderator and the, the new town clerk, all terrific professionals. Um, also saw the uh, town planner. You know, people were giving it their all, and um, the town meeting members were as well. So that was terrific. How are things on the campaign trail? I know we just got a few short weeks left. What is what has it been like for you? You know, the um, the. The best thing is, uh, you know, I, I'm a litigation uh, attorney in, in background, and you really have to 
think on your feet. And that's what I love. I love when constituents ask unexpected questions. I love when, you know, there's something brought up that is a terrific idea for legislation because that's how, you know, most legislation gets filed. The um, I know that the Senator Eldridge uh, just filed something. There'll be some uh, uh, tax monies coming back that the auditor has confirmed. And there are conversations now about you know, how's that going to happen? And Senator Eldridge filed uh, a really progressive kind of uh, legislation with others about, you know, the the funding being limited to um, for folks that that are at the highest echelons of uh, of income and and to really just be sure that folks who um, are, are paying the taxes, which is a, a substantial part of their income, get those monies back. So it's going to be an interesting conversation. I hope it happens quickly because I, I'm looking forward to those monies coming back into constituents' pockets. And, and I was just at the, the Plymouth Chamber uh, breakfast with um, Rep. Muratori and Cutler. And, you know, the it, those funds, if spent locally, can really make a difference in local businesses. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, speaking, you spe- spoke of uh, uh, Rep. Muratori and Cutler. I'm surprised you, uh, you haven't found a way to do a, a similar, I don't know if you've heard the advertisement on ATD with Cutler, Lenatra, and Muratori. I'm surprised you haven't done something with like Senator Brady and Senator O'Connor uh, to to kind of get the word out that the South Shore delegation, the legislative delegation, you really are, uh, you're moving parts, but you're all moving in concert with each other to get things done for your constituents here on the South Shore. Well, you know, that's a, a very good point. It's it's just been a matter of uh, challenging uh, scheduling, consider we're all working at the same time as there are races going on. Uh, but one of the things, I, I'm going to be appearing um, pretty soon on, on a, another show, and what I thought would be kind of fun is if the other legislators called in and asked questions as well. So uh, hopefully that will come together. Now, if you know uh, the Plymouth Barnstable uh, particular delegation, you know that they're teasing going on in in part of the questions so it should be pretty fun but we we cross the aisle working relationship that's how uh ideas get better um when we discuss um resources that the community needs and we put our backgrounds and the information that we each uniquely have from our constituency together and move things we've done it with holtec uh you know we we've kind of um allocated it by agreement you know who's going to do what in the delegation uh and we, you know we put forth um some of savings for the community uh, um, in Greater Plymouth should not be responsible for whole tax obligations and the added cost that for, for example, you know, just protecting um, anything that could be trucked along the street, any other uh, municipal impact. We want to be sure that whole tech uh, takes that responsibility and that it's not laid right on the taxpayers. As as a lawmaker, as a legislature, uh, a sl- legislator, talk to us about what your role has been, what your part has been 
in regards to old Holtec, whether it's them wanting to dump a million gallons of radioactive water into Cape Cod Bay or, or a matter, as you said, wanting to truck things off site. Talk to us about your role and where things stand these days with Holtec. Sure. So I've been lead on that endeavor with the legislators on both sides of the canal. And, you know, what the first thing that comes to mind is Betty Cavaco, who I was listen, listened to at town meeting as she welcomed folks. One of the things that that she talks about is, you know, if you're if you're in Holtec and you end up with a drop of, you know, something on you that, you know, the radioactive monitors go beep, 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 you've got to take it off. And, you know, and, and I think her thinking is, but, you know, and we want that in the water that our, you know, our kids play in, that we boat in, that we have tremendous food source, our lobster uh, folks, and, and our tourism-based economy. So um, I've been proud to lead um, cooperative meetings between legislators, the attorney general's office, um, the and the state administrative offices who are um, tasked with being the watchdogs for the community here to be sure, for example, that no permit is issued to hold with their uh, requirements having um, gotten on. So, you know, what I brought together um, the legislative community from all the way down to uh, Provincetown and all the way up and through, um, you know, greater Plymouth area so that we can all get the information at the same time. We can all talk about what our constituents want. Uh, want. And we got a great result. I went to the NDCAP meeting, as I have been pretty much every month, and I was able to announce that the state um, is actually, in fact, Jack Priest um, really stepped up. He is going to be in the room and actually personally monitor the gathering of the water to be tested. So when you look at um, just really um, uh, transparency and whole tech being put to task, you know, we have kind of been successful in being um, in the room as advocates. And, and I, I also want to credit the, the citizen advocacy groups um, that have been tireless. We did a, um, a show on PAC TV recently. Um, and, you know, I think that would be interesting to watch because, you know, we want to hear all sides. We want to hear the citizen concerns. We want to hear the marine, wildlife, food, environmental, and tourism concerns. And we want to also just move this project forward in a, 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 the safest um, way that possibly can be done for the public. Do you feel it's important that when the voters go to the polls on November 8th, they realize what the current you know, state senators and state representatives who are in the Plymouth area, the work that they have done, and then how important it is to kind of keep the same folks who are working on this issue with Holtec, decommissioning the Pilgrim nuclear power plant. It's kind of essential to have somebody who's in the know and not folks who are relatively new to the situation be inserted into the conversation where maybe something will slip through and, and in the long run, affect the folks in both Plymouth and Barnstable County? 
you know, you're you're absolutely right. There really um, is not time to learn on the job and move forward. We just with the whole tech issue, we have a December 31st deadline that Holtec put forward on their um, their sort of standby policy. I've been working very closely with Senator Markey, was able to um, speak at the field hearing that he had in Plymouth, only the second of its kind ever. Uh, first one being the, the terrible gas explosions across uh, the other side of the country. And to be able to get that sort of attention for Plymouth, you've got to be, it's, it's rip and run. You know, I talk about my um, experience as an attorney, you've got to be able to assimilate things quickly. And there has to be a level of cooperation. The level of respect in the Plymouth Barnstable delegation, uh, Rep. Muratori, Lanatra, Cutler, the, um, my fellow senators uh, nearby, there really isn't a closer working group here. And that's why it's important to, to not skip a beat, not waste a minute. Um, there's a huge business going on in, in the state house that we hope to finish quickly, especially with the, um, the uh, taxes coming back to folks. We want to expedite that. People are still hurting. We want to look at the economic situation and see where resources are most needed. Uh, Plymouth needs fire stations. Um, we've got first responders who are out there and need mental health resources so that they can um, be focused on their law enforcement duties. We have teachers and parents who are trying to do the best they can and educate and keep our, our children safe. And they're dealing with two and a half years of coming off Zoom, mandated state testing. I mean, this, see, this is a transition period. We need to make it easier for folks. We need to give them the resources they need. We don't need more hurdles. And so uh, the legislative um, group that we have working together, it's a team. And I couldn't be prouder to be the, the senator on that team. If you're just tuning in, we are speaking with State Senator Susan Moran, also host of, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, In Your Corner with State <laughs> Senator Susan Moran. How, how, is the, how is your cable show going? You know, uh, I just had John Buckley. I mean, I, I don't want to be a spoiler, but <laughs> it's been, um, you know, he's just an amazing historian. And to have really been, you know, kind of hands on on so many uh, questions in history, legal issues, and then to have modernized the entire system so that, you know, I, I chair consumer protection and public licensure for uh, the joint committee at the state house and i really like to focus on making things more accessible and more economically sensible for consumers in other words cheaper so it's now at the point where if you need a deed or you want to look at refinancing or look at what's happening in your neighborhood you can from your your kitchen go online and john buckley was a really big piece of that but i've also you know been able to um, have uh, incredible i've you know, the the lobstermen have been on the show. I've had um, the, the harbor master on the show with respect to the whale challenges and, and also the, you know, the complications of Holtec and being right on the coast. Um, it's been a real um, 
terrific uh, way to, you know, when you talk about in your corner, I work for the taxpayers, for the voters. And so my job is to get them relief, get them what they need, get them resources. And the best way to do that is is through communications. And businesses, especially small businesses, they are doing their best and taking all their time just to keep the business afloat and take care of their families. So it's my job to really do outreach. And I, I've, in fact, with the Plymouth Chamber, I was able to take that um, uh, Lee Filson's terrific electric car around and visit some businesses directly. Uh, and that, um, you know, there's just no better way than having that conversation right in the venue where the business works and actually see what they're dealing with. Senator, we just got a couple of minutes left before we have to uh, go off the air for the upcoming uh, political forum that's going to be taking place at 7 o'clock. I want to thank you for joining me before the general election. Anything we haven't haven't touched upon, but you want to take a moment to at least uh, share with our listeners? The thing I want to tell folks is vote early. Uh, Early voting is very easy. The clerks are um, out there and and ready to help. And that's how your voice is heard. Your voice is otherwise heard. Contact me. My information is on the State House website. Um, Happy to uh, speak with you about any concerns. And thanks for the opportunity, Kevin. Well, we also want to make sure they sign up for your newsletter, too, don't we? Absolutely. Send us an email and we'll be um, happy to send out the information about what we're doing now and after November 8th. And and your campaign website, just in case folks want to get involved with your campaign. Oh, we certainly can use volunteers. It's votemoran.com. Senator, thank you so much for your time. I know it's a busy schedule uh, and we look forward to talking to you more down the road somewhere. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate all that you do. You got it. Uh, This she is State Senator Susan Moran, our guest here on Monday Night Talk. And and we're going to step aside. And uh, again, you get a political forum coming up in just about, I don't know, a minute or two. uh, Moderated by Christine James, candidates for a Plymouth County Commissioner. Until next week at 6.15 p.m., we'll have more great guests and more great conversation. Take care of yourself and have a great evening.